turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. CEO and the blue collar worker. This is the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. It's beginning to look a lot like hurricane season across much of South Florida, at least. We're dressed up with no place to go. And this beach walker telling WPLG TV. I walk every day. This is the windiest it's ever been. The massive wind and rain expected to head up the East Coast this weekend, just about time for the start of the holiday travel season. Some workers in the Biden administration are unhappy with the president's support of Israel and the war against Hamas. Earlier this week, Biden administration staffers held a vigil outside of the White House and called for a ceasefire in Gaza. After business hours on Wednesday, the staffers stood on Pennsylvania Avenue to protest ongoing support for Israel's military offensive. And his White House correspondent Greg Cluxton reporting, House Speaker Mike Johnson says the porous U.S. southern border amounts to a national security crisis for the United States. This is SRN News. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the state. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Health Heal Veterans. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Come on, rise and shine. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? It's going to be a great year. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Is it safe? It's the King Banyan Show. This is a man. Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. My mind is aglow with whirling, transient nodes of thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, second hour today. Uh, and and we've been focused really on the jobs report, not much else uh, to talk about this week, I think. Um, I'll go back a couple pieces. We we did talk briefly about the, uh, the JOLTS report earlier in the week. That stands for Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, another Bureau of Labor Statistics product that tries to get at the number of jobs out there. Quits are back to normal. Which is super, which is, I think, super interesting. Um, so we've seen a decrease in the level of job openings, which has been a, which has been a focus of uh, the Federal Reserve, as has been quits, and quits are now back down to pre-pandemic levels. One point of curiosity for me has been, what will be said, what will be said about uh, this? When the Federal Reserve, which meets Tuesday and Wednesday of this coming week, so next week we're gonna guess what? Next week we're gonna be here, we're gonna be here talking about another FOMC meeting and a press conference, and that there's gonna be a bunch of that. There's more data coming too. In fact, we should have inflation data out uh, uh, by Friday of next week. We should have all our inflation for November information out by then, um, and and. Though that will not be available, I don't believe, to the Federal Reserve uh, before it makes its before it makes its uh, decisions. It certainly is the case that the Fed isn't talking right now, so we don't know what the reaction of its various presidents and governors was to this jobs report. We'll find that out on Wednesday. But I want to return where we left off in the previous hour. Okay, don't forget. TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com to go find the podcast. If you just tuned in, first of all, thank you. Second of all, uh, go find the first hour so that you can get all the data that we talked about because this is going to be a little, we're going to go back to sort of a broader, uh, a broader, bigger view uh, here. Uh, uh, we had uh, this, uh, we had right after the jobs report on Bloomberg Television, we had uh uh, the uh, morning, uh, the morning show uh, that Tom Keen is on, uh, um, Jonathan Farrow uh, is on, uh, um, uh, blanking on her last, her first name, uh, uh, but uh, Ms. Abramowitz is there usually, and they were interviewing two people, Mohammed Alarian, who you've heard on the show many times, Rick Reeder, you hear from less often, but I thought, I thought his comments were were very interesting at the beginning, talking about how. The jobs report doesn't really tell us everything about the cyclical nature of the economy. I want to replay the clip we ended with in the in the first hour for our new listeners. So let's start again here. Cut number two. I mean, you have a different economy than you've had in the past. We had 99,000 jobs in healthcare and education out of 199,000 jobs. So what you, you kind of parse the data, and you know you don't have the this standard cyclical economy. You have a service-oriented economy where we're still hiring a lot of nurses and teachers, and it, it manifested itself again today. 
And and what's interesting about that to me is is this is a sector that is heavily regulated, where we are told repeatedly we have a shortage of nurses, we have a shortage of teachers, yet we're adding ninety nine thousand into that sector. So is there a shortage or is there not, or is it? And and not to make too too broad a point, but part of the part of the issue is those being heavily regulated industries. I'm currently working as an interim dean in the College of Education, so I've gotten a crash course on the regulations that apply to training training up a new teacher. And they're jaw-dropping in the in the amount of an amount of regulation we face. Uh, and they make they just make it very costly to uh, make it very costly to do so. And yet those industries continue to create new people and there's there you know the other side of that is there's tons of government investment public investment going into training nurses training doctors training teachers um and so forth um not training university administrators not training professors but k-12 teachers there's a ton of money being put into that um and all of that and you can see what's happening on the other side. That money doesn't go away. That that does not move along with other parts of the economy. So if I dig into the cyclical part of the economy, as I think readers pointing out, as we read the commentary from Brian Westbury in the last hour, if you put those if you put those two things together you would have to say that the parts that are cyclical actually do look like a softer economy. It's just that they're being they're being consumed by they're being consumed by uh, uh, these growths in these heavily regulated service sectors in education and health and and health. Let's continue. This is Rick Reeder on Bloomberg yesterday. Cut three focus on part of why I don't really believe in this soft landing, hard landing. I just think in a service economy, you're just driving to a slower economy, but nothing that bad. What's that mean, a slower economy? It means economy where where you're going to get growth in some sectors and not in other sectors. Let me put it a little bit differently. The amount of investment we're making, public investment we're making in in driving labor supply into certain fields is drying up labor supply in other fields is drying up to me the the more dynamic structures uh, dynamic sectors in in construction in manufacturing in it we are you know even though even though you know the all the rage i mean every one of us is rapidly trying to learn ai and yet how you, you don't see the you don't see the the same kind of growth of employment in those sectors like you see in in um, in nursing and in teaching. Why? Because the we have not seen the productivity gains in those sectors like we have seen in IT. Those not that those sectors can't be, they could be. Um, what what parts of the teaching profession will be changed by AI? It's a fascinating question. 
Um, it also comes with a lot of nervousness when you're talking to people involved in teacher education because it gets that, it gets that you know, if, if, if AI can replace a lot of what can change and replace a lot of what we're doing right now, it might end up causing some labor savings to happen there and maybe employment growth in that sector is lower. Same thing true in nursing. Um, that's a that's a sector where where maybe we would see AI gains that would allow us to reduce the 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 spending on on employer on employees in that sector. But they're not there right now. We're still adding massive amounts of labor in those sectors, and I think that I I, I think readers made a very fundamentally important point there. Let me continue continue. This is cut for Rick Reader yesterday. You have a lot of people that are joining the workforce as well. Another half million people come into the labor force. So I think there's something that's important here. You are building the dynamic around more people coming into the labor force. You saw the JOLTS report, some hiring coming down. So you're building slack, but really, really slowly. And again, that's an environment where the Fed can sit back, wait, and then I think a latter part of the year, then can start cutting rates. So now we get to that point. Can you cut rates? Yep, you you might, but they're not going to come until later. It was very interesting yesterday that the that the response of the markets, the financial markets, to the jobs report was to price downward, lower the probability of rate cuts happening in the first half of the year. Um, previously, the market had made it almost a 50-50 proposition that rate cuts would start in March. I have not heard, I mean, that's a pretty rapid pivot. Okay? And normally I think of these as, you know, when the Fed gets to a level, when it ends a, a hike cycle or a, when it ends a hike cycle, it's usually a year or more before it starts cutting them. They tend to wait for a fair amount of data. They kind of almost always understeer. Or, or, if you wish, get behind the curve. I think we're getting to that place. I, I, think, I think that the market was pricing like they were going to do it sooner than it turns out they really had done it. Indeed, uh, on Wall Street Week last night, this point got made again, I think. Uh, I, believe this, I believe this is the right cut. Uh, Aaron Brown, is, who's a strategist for uh, PIMCO, a major uh, bond uh, bond house uh, had this to say cut eight please what was a little bit concerning about the jobs number is we saw wage growth increase again and it's you know elevated above four percent the fed is probably going to have difficulty cutting rates with inflation wage inflation above three percent so we need to see that mark that really move lower in order to f be in the fed's comfort level overall to start cutting rates and I think the market did take that into account, and that's why you see those Fed funds futures for, for contracts for March for the March meeting for the May meeting. I they're going to come down. They they they're backing off uh, the pricing of a rate cut. Uh, the first rate cut happening then. Um, again, the last rate hikes happened in the summer. I think the first rate cuts can't happen before next summer. I would think, in fact, if if it turns out that we don't end up with something that looks like a recession with negative GDP, which 
now at this point can't happen the first pretty much can't happen in the first half of 2024 and you're in the middle of a and you're in the middle of a presidential election with with two candidates who each side thinks each side thinks the other side's candidate is a horrible person who's going to ruin the world um i can't see the fed deciding I think we're going to move interest rates down at this particular point in time. Um, there will be a lot. Okay, we think the economy's getting weak, and so which the incumbent's not going to want to see. So we're going to try to we're going to try to pump up the economy, which the which the challenger side is not going to want to see. The Fed doesn't want to get into that discussion. It wants to stay away from it as far as as far as it possibly can. So my my guess is. You will see the Fed stay on the sidelines. I am now, I'm pretty convinced that it's the last meeting of 24 before they before they start a rate cut. And I am way outside what anyone else is thinking. I'm not trying to attract attention to myself for that purpose. I'm trying to fit it into what I think is a broader forecast. I've been saying, yeah, possibly the first one in the second half. The more I think that that tw- the 2024 election has got the same two candidates as the 2020 election, the less likely I think the Fed's going to cut rates anytime before November, before Election Day. We'll be back after this. You are listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. The Ramsey Show. My husband who got involved in day trading and has lost about $150,000. Whoa. Um, $4,800 a month in minimum payments. Direct, honest. The Ramsey Show. Weekdays 1 to 4. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Minnesota. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Do you own a timeshare? Well, face the facts. You made a mistake. You made a bad purchase. A timeshare is not an investment. It's a money pit that continues forever. If you use your timeshare, that's great. But if you don't and you want to legally get out of your contract, call my friends right now at the Timeshare Exit Hotline. They're an experienced team of lawyers who help good people like you get out of a timeshare contract that they just don't want. Don't throw away your money on maintenance fees. Use it for things you really want. We can help you end your timeshare contract and stop the money drain immediately. If you are ready to move on with your timeshare, call our team right now. Cancel your timeshare now with a free call. 800-890-5957. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, 
lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. $40,000? Yes. To fix up your house. You're millionaires! Yes! <laughs> you had to call me about $40,000 when, when you have almost $2 million? The Ramsey Show, live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Just filling me with that good 70s music. I went to a... This is very interesting. I went to a um, um, concert last night for someone who was doing... There's a, there's a smallish theater here that has a lot of folks coming in to do tributes to artists. And we pretty much have run through all the people doing tributes to 60s artists because those people no longer go to concerts pretty much so they're basically doing 70s folks and so this one my wife pretty much dragged me to a john denver tribute concert when i was a young guy um i had two friends three of us used to ride around one of the things we had in common we all had early 1960s big gm sedans um my, my one of my friends uh, who's now passed away drove an Electra 225, a 65. I had a 63 Buick LeSabre. Uh, my the other my other friend had a had a Chevy Impala, and dang those were cars. Both of them, my two friends, used to subject me endlessly to eight track tapes of John Denver. Um, I love them both. I tolerated the john denver stuff um i have to say i found myself singing some of the songs because i was remembering that particular thing it was a nice memory but um i don't have to hear another john denver song for the next 10 years i still don't like it (laughs) i just don't i i'm sorry if you're a john denver fan i get it like i said i love my two friends who who love john denver and would play it all the time uh but uh um, i had to sneak off to my own car to hear uh, Zeppelin and Sabbath, which was kind of how I rolled during that period, along with Yes and Emerson, Lake and Palmer and all the other 70s prog stuff that, that I was into. But I also listened to, because you had to listen, you had to listen to Zeppelin. I mean, you just did. Anyway, 651-289-4477, 651-289-4477, the number to call with questions and comments. Uh, Muhammad El Arian was on uh, that Saint, along with Rick Reeder, was on Bloomberg yesterday morning, Bloomberg Television yesterday morning, with comments about uh, the job support as it came out. Uh, and I just have one one clip of him. Cut number one, please. 
That was good news for the economy and further confirmation that the U.S. has an exceptional labor market and an exceptional economy. You saw significant wage growth this late in the cycle, higher sorry, significant job growth, higher wage growth, and high labor force participation. So we, as we said, I, I think it's a mistake to focus on the high wage growth. And, and I think it's a mistake because I think it's a composition effect. But the add to education sector, the add to nursing sector, if you squeeze out as the, as you subside all of the, all of the wage gain, all of the hiring, excuse me, back into leisure and hospitality as retail continues to shrink and you lose those low-end jobs, I think it's going to end up looking like we're seeing wage inflation when we're, in fact, just seeing people shift into higher-wage jobs, plus then you get the noise of the auto of the auto strike. I think that was in there as well. Um that was in the data as well as we talked about the last hour. So I think it's a, mis- a mistake to focus too much on that. Um, and you hear that all you hear that comment because I still think I, I think it's because El Arian is still believing that the Fed is not cutting rates anytime soon. Um, likewise, Larry Summers on Wall Street Week uh, last night on Friday night had had uh, these comments. Let's play first cut five. They showed an economy that, at least uh, as of November, was still looking uh, pretty robust. Some of the greatest fears that the economy was turning over certainly looked to have been falsified uh, by this uh, number. The fact that average hourly earnings were running above, running at four-tenths of a percent, a bit more than was expected, reinforces my sense that people need to be careful about declaring the war against inflation as having been won. And I, I, I don't believe it's been won. I think, you know, as, uh, as we heard, uh, as, as we heard indeed, let me, let me replay uh, what we also heard on the same show from Aaron Brown, uh, who's a chief, uh, chief market strategist at uh, PIMCO, uh, this is cut eight. What was a little bit concerning about the jobs number is we saw wage growth increase again, and it's you know elevated above four percent. The Fed is probably going to have difficulty cutting rates with inflation, wage inflation above three percent. So we need to see that mark that really move lower in order to f- be in the Fed's comfort level overall to start cutting rates. And and, and I. I agree with that to some extent, although I think once more, I think there's a, a, a risk that what you're taking for wage growth is not there. I want to check the uh, my favorite one of my favorite sites, the wage growth tracker from the from the Atlanta Federal Reserve. They don't have the November data posted there yet. I'm hoping that it will show up. It it's they use micro data from the con- current population survey. That data just got published yesterday. So my expectation is that they will probably put up a new number for that this week, and I will I will certainly incorporate that into a tweet for you using our hashtag pound KBRS or an X post, whatever you want to call it. Now, uh, uh, we'll put that we'll put that information up there for you on 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 uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, 
um, when it comes up uh, next week. But uh, in the meantime, I think that I, I, I think I think summers continues here along that same path of don't don't uh, wave don't uh, declare the all clear quite too soon. This is cut six. But I read these as a pretty favorable uh, number. They certainly make a soft landing look more in play, although I certainly think it would be a mistake uh, to treat a soft landing as something we can take for granted or be confident about. And which I, and so this language, hey, soft landing, these data look like a perfect soft landing. I was reading uh, Jerry Brusuelis at, uh, at uh, the Real Economy blog from uh, RSM uh, group up in Canada. And, and, and Joe is, um, it actually says, this is, what, this is what a soft landing looks like. And I'm like, how do you know that? As I've said repeatedly, soft, if we get a soft landing, it will be the first time. It's possible, right? It's possible. But I would ask you, based on the comments we made at the end of the last segment, if a soft landing means we now have a service economy where many of the jobs are being created only in sectors that are highly regulated, in health, in education, um, is that a dynamic economy that, that grows so that your children and grandchildren have a, better, have a better standard of living than we do? I'm skeptical of that. I'm, I'm, I'm fundamental. I have a fundamental skepticism that an economy that is regulated in that way, which is, which you know, it's not, it's not the corporatism or or the soft socialism that we think of when we think of how social de- social democratic societies formed in Northern Europe in the 70s and 80s. Many of those models have, in fact, been abandoned. But it's a different kind. It's a kind where. You have a service sector that is that is centered around delivering human services, uh, human services through heavy government intervention in the production of that uh, of the the of the professionals, in the production of of the output, regulating the costs of everything from from drugs to what goes into textbooks. All of that strikes me as something that you should probably be a little bit concerned of, and I just don't think that's a very that's a very um, strong way to think about the economy. Let me play. This is one last clip on Bloomberg Radio. You would have heard it here yesterday morning. Nancy Tangler from uh, Laffer, she's the CEO of Laffer Tangler, an advising outfit, uh, had these comments also on the jobs report. This is cut seven. I think the volatility, uh, well, first of all, it's friend of the long-term investor. So if you were in there buying early this morning or pre-market, you're in good shape. But uh, I also think that the the Michigan numbers were more important than the jobs numbers. They weren't really, the jobs numbers, that is, as robust as the headlines uh, indicated. So you saw, you know, the return of UAW and screenwriters. You saw a lot of healthcare jobs, but manufacturing jobs were down. So I think that the initial reaction was ill-informed. Remember that it's the algorithms that are reading the headlines, you know, driving volatility. Uh, but but the Mich- Michigan numbers were actually, I think, quite encouraging. So I think that's int- I, I I was surprised that someone that someone was con- 
characterizing the data from the Michigan Consumer Sentiment data as being positive. First of all, they were reported almost two weeks ago. Secondly, consumer sentiment's been down for the last two months. Now, underneath, the underneath data would tell you that the, the, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment data would say that the expectation on inflation has come down. That's been reported. But I don't think, you know, in the, all the things which Jay Powell cites from the stage when he's talking about inflationary expectations, I think the Fed pays more attention to market-based measures of inflationary expectations than they do to what comes out of survey work by the University of Michigan or by Institute for Supply Management or other organizations. I don't think that number particularly matters. So I'm I'm going to say we'll say that uh, that people have been forecasting a rapid decline in short-term interest rates next year. You're beginning to see reality set in. The Fed came out, you know, if you listen to our show last week, we said the Fed's trying to tell you rates are not coming down as fast as you've priced them. Now they have now the markets have the uh the jobs report for November, when they put those things together, their answer, it looks like they are moving toward the place where I think the Fed wants them to be, which is no rate cut in the first half of 24. And I think the Fed will continue pushing in that direction and taking them out past the third quarter, too, uh, as, I said, as I said before. I think, that, I think that's what's going to happen next. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, I want to talk. I haven't talked much about uh, what's happening in Argentina with Javier Millet and, uh, and studying the currency board. I, I have some more thoughts about this, and I want to share them with you after these messages. This is the King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older. But it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her Relief Factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with the feel better or your money back guarantee. That number, 1-800, the number 4, RELIEF relieffactor.com. Are you tired of going online every day and getting news meant to make you afraid and anxious? And all that meaningless celebrity gossip fighting for your attention? Want something different? Something positive? Make your homepage Christianity.com. Replace the bad news and fake news with the good news. The life-changing gospel truth meant to encourage your daily walk with Christ. With daily devotionals, answers to life's tough questions, and meaningful Bible study from your favorite pastors and authors on today's current events and issues, you now have a homepage that reflects your life and your faith. 
Don't settle for the negativity and superficiality that the rest of the Internet offers. Instead, choose a homepage that will uplift you and strengthen your faith. Join the thousands of others who have made the switch to Christianity.com and experience the difference that good news can make in your life. Don't wait any longer to make a change. Choose Christianity.com as your homepage today and embrace the positivity and inspiration that comes with the good news of Jesus Christ. Arby's Computer Service. You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boot, Arby's Computer Service. I was so scared this was going to be John Denver. King Banyan Show, the biz fourteen forty six five one two eight nine four four seven seven, and like I said, two of my very best friends when I was in high school were huge John Denver fans. And sure enough, it turns out Don tweets at me, "Hey, I'm a John Denver fan." And it's like I could sing the songs. I um, I know them um, because uh, we hung around, and and I mean, he was a brilliant songwriter. It's just not I, like I said, it is not what what I would listen to. So anyway, here's the here's the line, Don, that I that that the uh, this fellow from Wisconsin who was doing the show said from the stage. There are two kinds of people in my audience. There are the people who love John Denver, and then there are the people there are the people who love the people who love John Denver. And then he played a song. He had he, they did a song for the for the for the second group. Um, I I'm a member of the group of the people who who love the people who love John Denver. Um, and and glad to be part of it because some of them, you know, one of them's my wife, and one of them is is my friend from being my friend from uh, four years old. Uh, so, who still lives um, still lives about twenty miles outside of our hometown. Um, so yeah, it, it's cool. Uh, good on you. Just just you know, I I'm much. I have a I have different tastes. It's okay. I want to talk about um, Javier Millet. I've been trying to track a few a few of his uh, writings. A few of his um, having to read. He almost never does an interview in English, although I think he speaks English. Um, he uh, so he was on. So I've watched a, and I've watched a couple of his advisors. Uh, who have been on shows largely on on uh, podcasts that are offered by people aligned with the Austrian School of Economics, and he seems to be he seems to be attached to um, to some of the work that's been done by von Mises, some work done by um, 
work done by uh, Murray Rothbard, uh, and so forth. And and it's like this is going to be this fabulous experiment. Um, so one of the points that was made, uh, and I think I may have talked about this before, but I've forgotten. I think maybe I just queued it up but never really got to it and wanted to be sure I would talked about it some. If you look up the words currency substitution in my last name, you'll actually find some writing I've done on this subject. I have been fascinated by the amount of, the amount of uh, work that's been done to try to figure out what it takes to actually dollarize the economy. Now, there are three dollarized economies in, in Latin America already. Um, uh, each of these countries basically said, our monetary policy is really, really bad. And even though we realize the United States is not like us, we realize the United States is not, is not, um, not the perfect fit for us, We'd rather have U.S. monetary policy than our monetary policy. And so we're simply going to recognize the dollar as the medium of exchange in, in our country. We're going to use it as legal tender so you can pay your taxes in dollars. You can, you can extinguish private debt with dollars. All that, all that will now be permitted. Dollarization of economies like, say, Panama or Costa Rica or Ecuador um, – uh, which are, I, I believe, if I'm, rem- I'm remembering right, the three other countries that are that are dollarized in Latin America. I used to know these by heart, and I've, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to name the three right this second. All three of these economies are fairly small. Argentina is huge, but I remind you that if you think about the amount of currency in circulation in the world of US dollars 200 billion of that approximately 2 trillion dollars of uh, of cat currency in circulation 10% of it is in Argentina it's not financing a it's not for the most part financing or lubricating an underground economy it's being used as a store of value the dollar holds better value than the Argentine peso. But part of the problem has been this, this fundamental change that's happened in, in Argentina over the last 100 years. 100 years ago, I, I remind folks, 100 years ago, the Argentinian economy was a was a machine. It created tremendous wealth for its citizens. Not just an elite, but actually generated, uh, and I use this word advisedly, bourgeois wealth. Wealth for a, a, a middle class of entrepreneurs, craftsmen, farmers, all of whom found ways through through what we now refer to as liberal or neoliberal policies generated wealth throughout the economy from all the data we can see. I, I recommend highly, the book is available for free online. If this interests you, look up a book called The, 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 the Sorrows of Carmencita. Um, it was written by, it was actually written and published by a Swedish free market think tank 
about mm, probably now 20 years ago, maybe a little bit less. But it's all about that turn of the tw- that 19th and 20th century history and what happened once the Peronists came into power. I believe that the Argentinian economy was was one of the victims of a more a more corporatist and a more popularist populist um and to some extent i i don't like the left right distinction when it comes to trying to think about people like juan peron um i don't think he fits neatly in either category uh nor his nor eva or uh, nor eva peron or or Pinochet, or the, the Gautier, any of the leaders that came afterwards. Um, but to, to, by the 1980s, this country was bust. And it was a 50 to 60 year decline. And it has tried to pull itself out. And it even at one point had tried to create a currency board to dollarize the economy, but they never really killed the peso. What they've done in what they what their plan is when when Malay comes into power this week what their plan is is basically to eliminate the peso and eliminate that central bank where dollarization has really worked where current you know the currency board was a good idea but they left the peso in place and and it creates this tremendous temptation. And so I was super interested. I tweeted to you a, story, uh, a short piece about uh, titled uh, New Argentine Leaders Economic Savvy by Dave, David uh, Henderson uh, out at the Hoover Institution. Uh, uh, Henderson's a retired faculty member. He used to teach at the, uh, at the uh, uh, postgraduate Naval Academy out in Monterey, California, and talks about the fact that, that Malay has talked about something called the Cantillon effect, which Henderson's right. I'm willing to bet one in five economists couldn't tell you what the Cantillon effect is because Cantillon was around at the same time as David Hume, which means you're now going back almost, you're going back almost three centuries. Well, more than two centuries. Right? What it means is when a government creates money, it creates money and spends it on its priorities. What the Cantillon effect says, which is the difference between some of what, what I think the more Austrian world talks about and what folks, what the monetarists that follow Milton Friedman talk about is, Milton Friedman used to use a metaphor for money growth of a helicopter dropping dollars around an economy. Cantillon and and was really picked up on by Mises, and I'm pretty sure this is how it ended up in the in the knowledge set of Malay, who describes it very well. I've watched the video. He actually, if you read, assuming that the subtitles are right, he describes it pretty well. It says it's not a helicopter drop. That money ends up in the hands of a government that goes out and spends it. That goes out and spends it on its priorities. And in a world where you have uh, a populist government that's favoring its own supporters, its own selectors that keep it in power, 
that money is going to be very unevenly distributed, and it causes it causes uh, um, a great inequality of wealth and income in an economy. I'll take a break here, but I want to come back and talk about what that means and why should you in the United States care about this? They care about it more than just thinking about the fact that there's that uh, they're using your dollars. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. PragerTopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, PragerTopia Unlimited. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Overcoming debt can be daunting. Whether your debt is manageable or has six zeros behind it, there's hope. Tune in to The Ramsey Show for a common-sense approach to breaking free from debt, building wealth, and enhancing your life. For decades, Dave has been helping people take control of their financial lives, one baby step at a time. So listen to The Ramsey Show. You may just hear a caller story similar to your own. Weekdays from 1 p.m. to 4 on The Biz 1440. The Ramsey Show. The higher education community is at best irresponsible, at worst con artists. We don't have a student loan crisis. We have a parenting crisis. Live every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4. There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Last segment of this of this episode. Next week, of course, uh, will be Fed Week. So this week, Job Saturday. And just to remind you, 
jobs report came in 199k on the on on payroll employment uh, there was a revision to the September number of 35 down 35k there was no change on the October number um, inflated the 199 inflated a little bit by the return of striking workers from the auto sector um, lots of add to health and education and and perhaps and so and and the government sector that added 49,000 workers to boot so a lot of service area workers uh, coming into that space we've talking in the last segment about uh, Javier Millet who is the incoming president of Argentina who has stated uh, rep- uh, a real affection for uh, for free market economics, it turns out he's named uh, he's named his uh, he has I think four dogs that are uh, um, uh, I think are named uh, Milton, Friedrich, Robert, and Lucas. I think named after Bob Lucas, the Nobel laureate economist, who certainly uh, certainly is sort of uh, the latter um, center, one of the latter leaders of the Chicago School, and so. Malay seems to be a very well-read guy, um, and so forth. Um, he's I, there was a tweet that uh, that that uh, there was a tweet that uh, was put up by Elon Musk uh, of Malay on a uh, on a survey saying uh, his his uh, favorite uh, his favorite quote from uh, Milton Friedman's "Free to Choose" was uh, this 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 uh, a, this is Friedman. A society that puts equality before freedom will get neither. A society that puts freedom before equality will get a good deal of both. Um, and it is one of my favorite parts of uh, it is one of my favorites too of uh, of the Milton Friedman pieces. And it's just fascinating that uh, Malay would uh, understand that uh, he's he seems fairly committed to the idea of getting the Argentinian government out of the way. Will this work? I mean, that's the question. The first question you should ask is, will this work? I think the answer to that is, I think the answer to that is, we don't know. Um, I, I often argue, and you know, I've worked now as an administrator at the university for for over nine years, and um, one of my favorite phrases is that um, a well executed, a well executed, mediocre plan meets a beats a fantastic plan that is executed mediocrely executed with mediocrity right in other words if you don't have the right people at the at the line level who can actually hear a plan and execute a plan and do it well it really doesn't matter what your plan is it's not going to succeed so what i know right now is malay has the right ideas do i know that he can actually get it done no, I don't. But the other question I asked before the break in the tease was, was why, why would you care about this? So I don't know all my listeners. Some of you may just be here to hear me, hear me read statistics. Uh, that's great. I love you. Thank you for being part of that. That's kind of, that's kind of how I spend most of my time. But, but I do have a, a political point of view. My political point of view is very much in, the, in line with I mean, I'm really hoping Malay succeeds, and why I care about it is, is that, is that we need an example of where these types of ideas work. And at one time, the place where you saw them were in, were in the Anglosphere, in the UK, and in the United States. 
I don't sense that they're being practiced, and there's no champion for them in either place. Either in the, you know, it's not in the United States, it's not in Canada, it's not in the UK. The UK is probably going to going to change to a, to a Labour government in its next election that I expect actually will happen within the next eighteen months. Um, certainly, there's no one championing that that kind of viewpoint in Canada or the U.S. So you need the ideas to continue somewhere, and so my it's my hope, really, that um, that somebody like a Malay can can succeed at at that because I think that invites imitators, just as just as um, the populist moment that has taken hold around the world um, has spawned many imitators, and and where did it exactly begin? I don't. I don't really know. I don't think it. I don't think you should name a politician to do that. I think it's a movement, and you could see it in lots of other places before someone figured out as a political entrepreneur how to harness it. But, but in order for it to succeed, in order for Malay to succeed, if Malay succeeds, that will be an example that there will be imitators of him. They're like, oh, so there are populations that when things get bad enough, people will want that. I, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, and, and 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 I expect I expect that to I expect that to do well. Uh, so, what's coming next week? Of course, is going to be is going to be the Fed is going to meet on Tuesday and Wednesday. They'll have an announcement on the Fed funds rate. Expect no change. There is no chance that they're changing the rate this time. But we're going to listen to the speech, and also we've got inflation data coming. So we're going to do both of those things next week. Spencer, thank you so much for operating the controls down there, and thank you so much for listening to this The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Experiencing an injury or illness? Wondering if you'll be able to keep your job or when you can return to work? The Minnesota Retain program may be able to help. Participants may qualify for free support from experts who can guide you through the next steps to get you back to work quickly and safely. Visit mnretain.com or call 507-284-4537 to learn more. Minnesota Retain is fully funded under a grant awarded by the U.S. Department of Labor and the Social Security Administration. This message is brought to you by Minnesota Retain, this station, and the Minnesota Broadcasters Association. What kind of legacy will you leave behind? Tune into this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike as they'll be discussing your legacy issues, the necessary steps you need to take to ensure your affairs are in order and that you're not leaving a mess for those you love. Whether you're young or old, rich or not so rich, this topic is critical for you, your spouse, and your loved ones. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them today at 855-231-6010. China is attacking the U.S. patent system, stealing American innovations, and we are helping them do it. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. Innovation Race, the shocking new movie from the Tea Party Patriots, exposes the truth. China will use our own technology to threaten our economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. This is a race that we cannot afford to lose because we're not going to have a country. If China gains control over 5G technology with a flip of a switch, they could remotely turn off our phones, our cars, even our power grid. We've lost sight of what it is to protect this nation. We need to up our game. In today's high-tech world, there's no prize for second place. Watch Innovation Race. 
Available now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There are no words to describe it. The isolation. The boredom. The loneliness. If you're wondering where your teenage son or daughter spirit went, you're hardly alone. The past year has been devastating, especially for them. But here's the good news. They might just find it again, playing high school sports. Workouts that stimulate, teammates and coaches that care, the sense of belonging so many of us have been missing lately. That's what school sports are all about. The sense of achievement is real, and the camaraderie is hard to beat. Coping with uncertainty is difficult, but school sports can help the teenagers in your family start feeling like themselves again. Encourage them to give it a try. High school sports, it's so much more than a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Common Sense Business Talk during the 